Welcome, guys. You can have a seat. I'm excited to be here. I'm Nancy. And we are starting a new series called It's Better Together. Now, you know, when I was growing up, my idea of spirituality, I kind of, you know, I always thought that, that to be a spiritual person, I had a picture of being like alone on a mountain. Oh, you know, don't you think of that? Like spir- spiritual, like, you know, quiet. Well, quiet's good. Quiet's good. But, <laughs> but, I, but I have always had this picture of it being kind of a solo journey. And so this series is actually about how much there is in the Word of God about how our spirituality, God intended us to do it together. That God works and moves and speaks in relationship and in community, and that that impacts our spiritual walk in really radical, radical ways. God actually designed life to be better together. We're meant for relationship. So I want to take you into some verses. If you have the U version, the verses are up there. I'm kind of old school, though. So you can go to Ephesians 4. Um, and then in your programs, there's like a little place to take notes, or you could take it on the U version as well. Because I'm going to also ask you some questions and give you some things to think about as we're talking about this. Because the Bible, all over the place, that we're going to look at the value of fellowship. Uh, take a look at Ephesians 4. One of the things God says that we talked about a little bit when we were talking about you are God's masterpiece is God set us in a body, it says, that we're all members of a body and that every single person plays a part in the body of Christ. That Christ is the head and that we are all members of the body. And so think about the implications of that and we're going to be reading in this section of scripture, it says in uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So let's just even look at this because this is one of these sections of scriptures that's just packed full of things. So it says that the way we grow up to be like Christ, because that's our goal, that in life, that we want to keep growing so that we can be more like Jesus. That that's, you know, that's who we're looking towards, and that's who we're emulating, and that's who we're trying to grow to be. But that the way that we grow, it says, to be like Christ, is that we are speaking the truth and love to one another. That that's a key to growth. So there we get people involved in that speaking the truth in love. And then in verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body, that's the body of Christ, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So let's kind of break that down a little bit. So the whole body, it says, it, it says is... Um, According to the effective working by each part does it share. Every single one of us is a part of the body of Christ. And what we contribute and what we have to give, what God designed us as far as our gifts, talents, abilities, has everything to do with while we're working together, that the body grows. That the body grows and edifies to build up in love. That the goal is that we build one another up in love. And you're going to be seeing that sort of as a theme as well. 
And so um, we each have value. Each one of us is significant. So it's not saying that everybody grows because the pastor does all the speaking the truth in love and everybody else just sits around. You know, everybody, I mean, everybody's significant in the body and everybody impacts uh, each other as far as our growth goes. We each have a part. Let's go to 1 John in, in chapter 1. Because a lot of what we're going to be doing in this series is talking about how God designed fellowship. Fellowship is a full sharing. And we're going to see in, in kind of 1 John 1, it's not just hanging out. It's being with one another. It's spending time together. But there's a spiritual element to this that makes fellowship fellowship. And we're going to see in 1 John 1 and verse 3 it says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. Fellowship, think of that word as full sharing, you know, like um, with one another. And so it says, truly, our fellowship is with the Father. So we have fellowship with God and what? With his Son, Jesus Christ. So we have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with Jesus, it says. And it says, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Guess what the purpose of fellowship is? That your joy would be full. How cool is that? Would you like your joy to be full? God wrote that the key to that is that we would have fellowship with God, fellowship with Jesus, and fellowship with one another, because that's a lot of how we experience God and his love. So, It says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. Is there any darkness in God? No. (laughs) No darkness. This is kind of cool too. I love the power of an imagery of God being light. You think about all the elements of what what does light do? Light helps us to see, right? you know, lights the path. It also, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago, the power of light. Light is so powerful that darkness has to leave when light is present. All the darkness in the world can't put out one little match. That's how powerful just littlest bit of light is. And so God, it says, is light, and in him is no darkness. Now it says in verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with God, full sharing with God, it says, and walk in darkness. Okay, it's like me me and God are cool. We're like cool like that. So if, if we're saying that, we say like we're like that, and our walk, our lives are in darkness, we're not in reality, it says. It says... If we, fellowship with, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Isn't that interesting? So part of how are we in harmony? Now, God loves us whether we're walking in darkness or not. It, God's love doesn't go away. But you think of full sh- fellowship where we're sharing, where we're really, and think about it for your lives. How much closer do you feel to God when you're walking in the light? Walking according to God and to his word and putting on the word in our lives and walking it out, 
our lives, don't you experience more the presence of God in that? You see it. It's just sort of like your faith gets built, all kinds of things where we really do feel more connected with God, it says. That's the fellowship. It's sort of being on the same page. It says, and walk in dark, and then in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, so it's walking as God teaches us, right, to be walking in the light. It's walking according to who God is as light. Everything in the word of God, the whole word of God, is full of instruction in walking in the light. That we would walk like God would have us. It makes our life, you know what's kind of funny is, have you ever noticed that your light that your life feels lighter? <laughs> you know, another, you know, little pun, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but I feel that way. My, my heart feels lighter when I am walking by, by wanting my life. My, walking is our behavior. It's how we live our lives. When we're walking according to God's word, it says. It says, when we are, then we have fellowship, interesting, with one another, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, it's interesting because this is not saying, if you look at the rest of the the Bible, that it's only if you walk according to the light that Jesus' blood cleanses us. I know that it's phrased in a way that, um, you know, could be misconstrued. Jesus paid his life. It is not conditional. That is, there are many, many other verses of scripture that it said, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And that his blood um, cleansed us. So what could this be talking about? Is that it's saying that, for one, as we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So think about what that looks like. Fellowship is sharing that walking in the light together. The power of that, that we are full sharing with God and with one another. But it's interesting. It's it's in that experience, in that fellowship with God and with each other, that we experience the blood of Christ cleansing us from all sin. Isn't that where we remember? Isn't that what helps us to get that he paid the price is in fellowship? So that's what it's really relating to. Because how many times do we lose sight of what Christ gave? You know, ever get in a place where you're condemning yourself or feeling full of guilt or full of shame and forgetting that Christ gave his life, we experience and walk in the greatness that he gave his blood with fellowshipping with one another. That's, we experience Christ cleansing. We see, we're going to be seeing as the series continues, like some of the elements of fellowship, one of them is forgiveness. That part of how we experience, like a big part of how we see forgiveness and experience in our, in our lives is through fellowship with one another. So that relates to this verse of Scripture as well. Now, it's kind of interesting. I just wanted to throw this one in here, 2 Corinthians six fourteen. Um, there's been a lot of misunderstandings about this verse, but since it talks about fellowship, I feel like it, it sheds a little bit of light on this topic. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Now, it's so funny, because sometimes you hear this, and people, like, avoid people that aren't Christian, and get kind of insular, you know, like, join a commune or something, go out, like, 
be a little cult someplace that's, you know, far away and, you know, can't be around those other people. That's not what this verse is talking about. That would be kind of crazy uh, to separate ourselves from, from the rest of life. How would you ever win people to know Jesus if you were, like, not talking to anybody else? But the yoke, when it's speaking, when the Bible speaks about yoking, well, not just the Bible, yoke is just sort of um, a term when two oxen are linked together around by their neck. It's called yoke. It's not, I, you know, I used to spell it by accident like egg yoke, but it's nothing to do with egg yoke. But two oxen that are linked together. So think about what that implies. It's not just friendships, hanging out, having a good time with people. There's a linking where you can't move unless the other one moves with you and that you have to move together. Oxen, I mean, you know, as they're linked like that, to go forward, they have to be in unison. There's definitely commitment there. There's ties there. You don't, you know, you get the visual for that. So what it's talking about is that our committed, that, that what we want to do is that our full sharing, we need to be with believers that can help us with faith. Our, we need to have strong, committed relationships with other people in the body of Christ that can help us to grow. You're not going to grow spiritually if we don't have those relationships in our lives, that they're not going to feed it. Um, and unbelievers just means faithless or unbelieving. So part of this is, is that we want to be feeding faith for one another as well. You know, we want to be keeping company in, uh, in situations and have fellowship where we're feeding our faith. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. This is also talking about the body of Christ. We, we um, hit a little bit of this when we were talking uh, in the Live Your Vision series about the body of Christ. But I wanted to come back to it in the context of fellowship. In Romans 12 and verse 4, it says, For as we have many members in one body. See, you're talking about the body of Christ. It talks about the body of Christ a lot and the significance of how we need one another. It says, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Wow. Our lives impact one another really radically. It matters a lot as far as what we do and the influence that we have on one another, whether it's other people on us or you know, us on other people, that, that it's significant. We're in a body. Think about the significance of how interdependent a body is. You don't, we talked about this in the God's Masterpiece. You know, an eyeball is awesome. It really is. It's amazing. We talked about how every part of the body is important. But an eyeball by itself is not the greatest. It doesn't do a whole lot. And it's kind of disgusting just thinking about it. So it says, but we have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function. Every person has a unique gift to bring to the body of Christ. It says in verse 6, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. Everybody's got different gifts. Part of what we're meant to be in fellowship is to see our gifts realized. Part of seeing your value and your worth and why you matter is in fellowship. You know, seeing what your purpose is. The whole last series that we did was about seeing what you're called to do and what your vision is 
That's, you see that lived out in fellowship, in this spiritual connection of sh full sharing. It says, um, let's use them. And then we have all these kind of examples. If it's prophecy, if that's your long suit, you know, then, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. Or ministry, serving, use it to be in our ministry. He who teaches, teaches. He who exhorts, exhort. He who gives, be generous. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to that which is good. Now this is, this is a really great illustration, and we're going to be breaking some of these ideas down over the weeks of what healthy, vibrant fellowship looks like and what we need in our lives and how significant it is. It says, in verse 10, it says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Now, this is really interesting because the Bible talks a lot when it comes to love, and we're going to do a whole section on love, actually, in this series. And the love that it speaks about is agape, the love of God. The love of God means it's a love where it's unconditional, where we love one another because God's love does, that we love people unconditionally, agape love. It's a spiritual love. Guess what? In this section, it's not that. It's phileo love. Phileo love, that's where we got the word Philadelphia from, you know, from, from that. City of brotherly love, right? Uh, it doesn't, if you're there, it doesn't seem like it, but <laughs> I'm from there. I can say that. <laughs> but, uh, but that's where they get the name Philadelphia from. So it's interesting that we are also supposed to cultivate that we like each other. You know, it's not just supposed to be like you come to church and we just sort of, well, I love you with the love of Christ, but that's about it. Like, <laughs> you know, let's not have lunch or hang out or do anything beyond that because you're really not my kind of person. You know, it's just sort of like God actually wants us to cultivate, how cool is that, like friendships. You know, godly friendships where they're deep and meaningful and rich and fulfilling and that's what we're going to be talking about throughout the series is having uh, those kind of deep relationships. It says, be kindly affectionate. And both these words under kindly affectionate and brotherly love are both phileo. They're both like, uh, so it's kind of really emphasizing that a lot. In honor, giving preference to one another. So it's kind of like respecting one another. It's also kind of you know, yielding in insignificant manners, like giving preference, like, um, you know, like being where you put the other person's interest first. You know what's interesting is if you truly walk in, in the love of God and put somebody else's interests first, you know, in, in that way, it, you're actually going to get blessed too. God takes care of that. It's really interesting in the way that... Now, what's interesting... You know, like, sometimes when I always thought of, like, putting people first, I kind of had this picture of being a doormat. Have you ever, like, some of us have had those, like, oh, it just means I let people walk all over me. You know, it's when we're really thinking about blessing somebody, that godly love that we have, we're going to be doing things that will help spur, the Bible talks about spurring one another on to love and good works. That we're helping people to walk in the light, just like what we were reading about, that in that fellowship, when we have fellowship with each other, we're walking in the light, but we're also helping one another to walk in the light. That that's a part of what fellowship looks like. That we can grow, it says, as each person does their part. 
<clears throat> so that wouldn't be being a doormat for people because it's not the loving thing to do. But that's what it means about giving preference. And then in verse 11 it says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. Ooh. Okay, fervent. Fervent means hot, white hot. You know, like you think about the hottest, hottest, hottest thing in spirit. Also, a big element of fellowship is that we get to see the Spirit of God, that we get to hear from God, that we get to see God's power. We want to help one another in fellowship to be white hot for God. Fire up our amen. Yeah, hallelujah. To build our faith, it is possible. I want our church to be a place of faith. In the body of Christ, we can help one another to be people of faith that trust God, that are on fire for God. To be first, that's, that's fellowship. Being white hot for Jesus Christ. I'm on fire for Jesus. And we can help one another in fellowship to be on fire for Jesus too. It says, and it even says, like, even cling to what is good. You know, we want to hang on to things that are good. Move away from things that are bad. It says, in verse 12, rejoicing in hope. We get excited about hope. Patient in tribulation. That's what we can do together as well. And then continuing steadfastly in prayer. The prayer should, these are elements of quality fellowship. They were constantly, it's not just any, you know, it's just not hanging out. I mean, hanging out is in there. But this is spiritual fellowship that feeds you uh, and feeds our faith. It says to um, continuing steadfastly in prayer. We want to be praying together. That should be a part of how it talks about that it's iron sharpening iron. We want to look for opportunities to pray for another, one another, to direct our, our attention towards God, that we can cast our care to God. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I go into this mode where, you know, I, like I want to help somebody. My first thing is, let's find a solution. Oh, let, okay, let's, let's figure this out together. You know, we're all kind of fixers, right? You have a friend, you love them, you know, but a pink, the biggest thing that we can do when there are situations or difficulties or struggles or bring our eyes to God where let's pray about this. Let's bring it to God. Let's get that rare in the mix and, you know, got, got a trouble? Let's pray together. It says whenever there's two of you in prayer that it's powerful. Uh, let's see. In verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving, to be thinking about giving is a big part of fellowship. Given to hospitality. Hospitality, we want to live in a way that we're welcoming to people. You know, that we, that, and it's kind of cool because we're going to be seeing some things too about, it says to receive one another, that our hearts are to be open to one another. It means kind of tearing down walls. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to get close to anybody. You know, I'm not a people person. You know, God intended the body of Christ. If you're not a people person, God still meant for people to bless you. You know, it's not, it's not just for some people that are super social. I'm a little bit more of an introvert, but I need fellowship. 
You know, fellowship feeds me. It says, um, verse 14, bless those who persecute you. No, I don't like that one. It's kind of interesting. You ever be persecuted? It helps. It's just like bless and do not curse. People give think about people that are your persecutors. We've all had them. Maybe you got some now. You know, people that have given you a hard time. I'm thinking right now, somebody. <laughs> How much does it do your heart to bless somebody? And why can we? How is that? It says, because God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. We don't have to get back. You know what helps my heart when somebody, like, somebody did something really terrible to me recently, and it's just like, wow, this really hurts, feels really crummy. You know what helps my heart? For one, is to pray for that person. You know, just pray, because I want them to be blessed. If they're doing that, then what do they got to live with as far as in their life goes? It softens my heart to pray for somebody like that. And also because there's peace and because it's God that supplies our need. If somebody hurts you, guess what? God is able to take care of things for you. We don't have to be dependent or reliant on someone else because we have God Almighty as our Father that could take care of us and answer our prayers. So if somebody tries to hurt you or persecute you, you know what? God can bring us through that. That's, there's a lot of peace in that, isn't there? It says, and this is what we want to help one another to do as well. In verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It doesn't say somebody's weeping, cheer them up. A lot of times we don't leave room for sadness. Do you know how hard that is for somebody that's really sad? You know, somebody's hurting. The Bible says somebody's weeping. What, you know what feels good is weeping. If somebody's rejoicing, let's rejoice with them. That's how we can be together. It's an important part of our fellowship to be able to be there for each other in good times and in bad you know, to celebrate each other's successes, to throw a party. We, there's cause to celebrate. God's all about that. There's also a time to, to cry, and that's good too. But there's a lot of healing in crying with one another. It's a big part of fellowship. Because we're all members, one of another. And then in verse 16, it says, be of the same mind one toward another. And that kind of means be in each other's corner. You know, like if you look at the, uh, the words that it was translated from, it, it really means, yeah, to just be in somebody's corner, on their side. It's kind of like in our relationships, in our fellowship, God is always on our side. He's never like standing against us in that way. You know, he's on our team fighting for us. We want to do that for one another as well. It says, do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And then it says in verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now this is really interesting because this is even relating to as much, sometimes you can't help it. But if you're, 
what our part can do, we want to try and live peaceably. We want to mend things. We don't want to run away. If there are difficulties or hassles, that's, if you want fellowship, we need to work things out with our brothers and sisters. If you have a schism with somebody, to go help work it. That's peace. Sometimes we think peace is, let me just ignore it and pretend it's not there. It doesn't work. Have you, you have an issue with somebody and you're thinking, oh, I'm making peace by just not telling them that I'm really upset. Have you noticed what that does? If you start stepping away from somebody in relationship like that, that's not fellowship. You know, as much as we can, we're, we want to be responsible where we try to bend rifts with other people. Where it could be just talking things out. I'm upset about something. You hurt me about this. You know, I, I love you, though. I want to work it out. Where we move towards, as we are members of the body of Christ, it is not a godly resolution to just step away or, you know, from people or relationships without trying. We want to do, I want to really look in the mirror and do the best I can at saying, have I done the best at having peace in my relationships? Or trying to resolve whatever issue. Now, sometimes it says, it says as much as you can do your part. It's, at that point, you can have peace. It does really suck sometimes, like where you've really worked towards reconciliation with somebody and they still walk away. But at least you go, well, I can be at peace that I tried. I was loving with the love of God. I love, you know, I prayed for this person. I was loving. I was speaking the truth in love. Remember how we talked about in Ephesians? That's how we grow. We want to speak truth to people as well as love combined. Now, sometimes that, that means speaking up about things that we need to speak up about, too. But doing them from a place of grace and of mercy, knowing about how much we've been forgiven for. You know, we've been forgiven for a lot, so it helps me just to get past and to get, you know, to forgive people. So, I want to ask you, I just want to... Um, we're going to do like a, a prayer and a meditation. So I just want you to think right now in terms of fellowship and what that means in your life. As far as fellowship, because, we're, because we need each other. Our walk with God, our faith is, is deeply impacted by how much fellowship we have. If you have spent a week, and, you know, like where you're out there in the world and had no fellowship, you will feel it. If you have not been in a situation, fellowship meaning where you're hearing the word, you're praying, you're speaking, you know, it's just, we need fellowship. We will feel it. You will feel differently about God. Your faith will be impacted by it. Have you ever noticed that? It's like I notice it. We're built to be, as our spiritual walk, not to be solo, but to be a part of a body of Christ, to feed one another, to build each other up, to help, help each other to walk in the light. So why don't you just think about fellowship in your life, and in particular, where it is that you can open your heart more in fellowship in your life. I want you to think about are you getting enough fellowship? Is that something you could dial up maybe a little bit in your life? And how? 
Why don't you just think about that as far as places that you could increase the fellowship in your life? You know, as far as just like, are your relationships ones that we're helping one another walk in the light? Where that's really active for us. So, um, I want to pray. And if you can be thinking about some of these things and writing down, I want you to think, too, uh, about this week ahead. And maybe if there's one thing, one place that you could grow to just include more fellowship in your life. Or even include the quality of fellowship in your life. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you have put us in a body of Christ. You know, it's so different from the Old Testament that you would call us a body, that we, that each part, like every person in the whole body, all over the world is significant, that the body of Christ is all across the world, and that every person is significant and that we need one another. And even just in the communities that we fellowship in different places, different churches around the world, that everyone is significant in helping us as a body grow closer to you, God, and you, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can have full sharing with you, Father, and with you, our Lord Jesus, that that you want that for us, and that as we walk in the light and as we grow, that we can speak the truth and love to one another to grow to be more like you, Jesus, because we want that. We want to walk in the light. We want to walk more like you, Lord. And I know that it's not ever perfect. It's just progress, that we're continuing to to learn and to grow, to walk with you in bigger and bigger ways. But help us to see that, that we need one another and that we are needed in your body, that we have a role to play, that we have something to contribute that's significant that we can be engaged and and just tear down guards, tear down guards of letting people in. You know, if there are any walls in our hearts to, to be open and to walk out. Also that we could do our best to resolve things when, when things come out and not just to run away. That we would tear down the walls of that as well, God. So I thank you for this amazing body that you put us in, that it's exciting, that we can experience you, that we can grow in faith and see your power and your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.